Hey, PT listeners, we've been working on something special at Tier 11, something that I can say without exaggeration or without hesitation will produce better ad optimization and increased conversions and have a profound impact on the amount of data you can send back to all your ad platforms. That includes Meta, that includes TikTok, that includes Google, and we call it X-Ray Tag. And it's only available to Tier 11 customers. A lot of businesses think that it's Black Friday, it's the holiday season, and once they actually get through that, then they'll worry about next year. Well, now is the time for you to start gathering all the data that you can to set yourself and your business up for success in 2024. X-Ray Tag replaces all the potpourri of pixels, cappies, cookies with one single implementation that sends higher quality first-party data back to all your ad platforms. In fact, in our early testing, we've seen a 40 to 100% increase in event matching quality, aka EMQs in Meta, which translates into better ad optimization and increased conversions. So if you feel like your ads are flying blind, head on over to tier11.com forward slash x-ray to get early access. Clients to sign up before the end of the year, move to the front of the line, and we are only offering this for the PT listener like yourself. So head on over to tier11.com forward slash x-ray. Don't miss out. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. Hello and welcome to this special bonus episode of Perpetual Traffic. I'm really excited to talk to you guys today about some really exciting things that Digital Marketer has going on. And I've got two guests here, one of which you know, one in which you know just a little bit. Got Amanda Powell. How are you, Amanda? Oh, doing good, as always. (laughs) Good to hear. And as a special guest, we've got the GM of The Scalable Agency. If you don't know what The Scalable Agency is, that's the company that actually helps produce and actually brings you the content here at Perpetual Traffic. None other than Aaron McPherson. Aaron, welcome to Perpetual Traffic. Hi, Ralph. How are you? I am good. Before we hit record, we were all commiserating about the status of COVID-19 and uh, school-age kids, me with college kids, uh, one of which is at a a school up in New Hampshire, and uh, he has about six or seven of his friends already kicked out of school, so they're not taking any chances right now. I guess you're having the same sort of issues, Erin, with your guys. Yes, I am. I have a high school student. He's a freshman in high school, and I have gotten three messages from the principal that are the subject line is, your child has violated our social distancing policies. So apparently my son and his friends are spending a little bit of time too close to each other, but I kind of can't blame them. I mean, they're kids, but it's also hard. Kids will be kids. Yes. You know, it sounds like your your son is popular at school, which is a good thing. It's hard to be social. With this but how whole do you thing be popular during COVID? It's I know. So I don't. I don't get it. Yeah, my my uh, my youngest is a freshman this year. He actually now is recognizing people from Zoom calls because they don't have the masks on. And then when he's walking around and like grabbing his lunch, he's like, "Hey, you're in my biology class." You know, with like the half, like and sometimes he gets eyes. it right. <laughs> I recognize your <laughs> eyes, right? So. Oh no, the new pickup lines are going to be like particularly creepy. <laughs> yeah, he didn't say which gender those people were, but my sense is they're probably female. We left that out for a reason. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, we get very uh, edited uh, reports from school here, but anyway, they're they're doing all right. But hopefully, you're doing okay in this uh, pandemic here, especially with with kids back in school and back in college and. A lot of transitions are going on right now, but one of the most interesting transitions, I think, you know, for me, from a personal perspective, because it was the first info product I ever bought 
was from Ryan Dice, who is actually the owner of the Scalable Company and and really the, the one who sort of helped originate the idea of perpetual traffic here. The first product he ever put together was the napkin blueprint, if I'm not mistaken, Aaron. And I know you guys are doing some things with that right now, uh, some things that you're excited about over at DM. Maybe tell us a little bit about that. And we'll actually, we'll, then we'll, we'll go over to a clip of Ryan as to how Digital Marketer actually was formulated many, many years ago. But tell us a little bit what you guys have cooking over at DM now. So you're right. A lot of um, the entire plan for Digital Marketer started on a napkin, which is kind of funny and kind of interesting. And we'll listen to Ryan's story in just a minute about how he came up with this idea and how he reached the point where he had to write the plan for his business on a napkin. But I just really can relate to this because I've been at places in my life where everything is so complicated and so overwhelming and feels so difficult. And then being able to put it concisely on a napkin suddenly makes it all come into clarity. But Aaron, I feel like you should talk a little bit about where you were when you realized that you have experience (laughs) with this. And I guess not where, but why you have experience with this exactly. Because We've heard the story at Digital Marketer, but I don't think our listeners have heard this story. And trust me, it's a really good one. It involves living on having your actual home address be a public beach. I think it's a pretty interesting. Mm, Nice open loops there. (laughs) I know. Ouch. Now I'm like, please don't judge me, y'all. I've grown up a lot since this time. But back in 2001, I was possibly a lot more immature than I am now. And um, my husband and I were newlyweds. And we had worked in real jobs that we both hated. And I remember sitting in our tiny apartment. We were in Portland, Oregon. And us being like, we hate our jobs. We hate our lives. We can barely pay our rent. We can barely do anything. And the idea came up, let's sell everything, all of our wedding gifts, all of our cars, everything we own, and move to Costa Rica. And at the time, we were like, it'll be fine. Like, we can find a cheap place and we can work on the beach and we can do whatever we want and we can work in restaurants. And... Okay, we were really stupid because, of course, no one was hiring. And, of course, no one's going to hire someone who doesn't have work documents. And, of course, we also didn't speak the language. Oh, and also, like, come on. So we ended up just, like, literally living on the beach. Like, not, like, little beach house, like, overlooking the ocean, but, like, sleeping on the sand. And um, showering Not like in the working uh, while you're at the beach, which is the goal of every internet marketer. You're actually living on the beach, like yeah. homeless on the beach. Physically living. <laughs> yeah. Beach. And like, we just were like, we were thinking we're fine. We got it. We're good. I remember we had like $4 and we we're like, that's like a week's worth of food for beans and rice. Anyway, I said earlier it was 2001. And that's significant because we were actually living on the beach on September 11th, 2001. And we actually walked over to a bar and um, we were having breakfast. And I remember we had like a dollar. We bought beans and rice and we looked up at the screen and everybody was looking at it. And we were like, what's going on? What's happening here? And my husband and I just sat there. We're like, oh my goodness, we have to figure out what we're doing with our lives because there's this huge thing that just happened. And we're living on the beach, like worrying about iguanas stealing our crackers. So we actually pulled out a napkin right there and wrote a new life plan, which involved A, moving back to the United States, B, getting a real job, possibly like a place to live, um, mm-hmm. things like that. All good things. All, all important things. And um, I will let you know that I have not lived homeless since then, but it took some simplifying. It took being able to put a clear plan on a napkin and um, writing down like what we were going to do instead of like these like 
big, vague ideas that were all out there and in these different places. And I think the napkin does that. It gives you a place where you can put your ideas down, a small place, and it's very concrete. And so that's kind of what, like I said, the story Ryan's going to tell you in a minute is maybe not as crazy because Ryan's a little bit more buttoned up than I am. But um, (laughs) it's the same idea. It's the idea that like sometimes you just kind of have to get down to the basics to move forward. Simplify. Simplify. Absolutely. And that's exactly what he did here. And no doubt, you know, his napkin was probably had a stain of like a beer on top of it, like yours probably did as well. So, um, so his is probably bourbon, like a lot nicer bourbon. <laughs> Mine was like the cheapest beer I could buy. It wasn't buy. expensive back then, though. It's probably like the cheap stuff. Well, he's not drinking that anymore. That's for sure. So anyway, so without further ado, here's the story from Ryan on how he started Digital Marketer. And it all started with a cocktail napkin. My name is Ryan Dice. I'm the CEO of digitalmarketer.com and I'm a lifetime entrepreneur. Let me turn back the clock just a little bit. So in 1999, I made my very first sale on the internet. I built a very simple little website. I made my very first sale and that's when I was hooked. That was when I realized, wow, this is one of the coolest things in the world. Someone who I don't even know from somewhere in a different part of the, of the world found my stupid little website, scrolled all the way down to the bottom, clicked a button, entered their credit card information and gave me money for something that I had. I mean, that for me was an incredibly, you know, incredibly powerful moment. And at the time when I started doing this, I wasn't doing it to get rich. You know, I wasn't doing it even thinking it was a business. I was just doing it to try to make some extra money. You know, I'm sitting here today, you know, still running kind of the same type of business that I started as a 19 year old. But the side of the story that I don't tell, if I'm talking from stage, you know, or talking to somebody and I want to look cool, right? Like, yeah, so I started, made my first sale online in 1999 from my college dorm room. By the time I graduated, I had almost a hundred different websites generating sales from all over the world. The part of the story I don't like to tell as much is that within two years of graduating, I was a quarter million dollars in debt because I still didn't know how to run a business. All those businesses that were generating, those little websites that were making a lot of money from search, well, the methods that I was using stopped working. So I decided I need to learn paid advertising. It took me too long to figure that out and too much money. So I'm now way, way, way upside down. It was around that time I decided I want to do an event because I'm so smart. So I'm going to do this event where I'm going to bring people together and we're going to talk about marketing stuff because I'd spoken at a bunch of other people's events and seemed easy. Surely I can do it too. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Actually, when I decided I was going to do the event, it was before I realized how much trouble I was in. Right. So I decide I'm going to do the event like six months later. I'm sitting at the Hilton Anatole in Dallas, Texas, and I'm sitting by myself at the bar. Now, mind you, my event is going to start. I've got these people that have flown in from all over the country. Some people have flown in internationally that were there to hear me talk about digital marketing. And I'm not getting rested. You know, I'm not getting my beauty sleep in. I'm not reviewing my slide deck for the next morning. I am sitting at the bar at the Hilton Anatole in Dallas, Texas, by myself, drowning my sorrows away, feeling like the most pathetic person in the world because anybody looking in the outside would say that, oh, you're a pretty successful guy. Look at all these things that you have. I knew, and I was the only person that knew, I was broke. I was worse than broke. I was more money in debt than I thought I would ever make in my life. And I remember sitting there thinking, I've got all these people here. Is there a way that I can get out of doing the event? Like that thought crossed my mind. Is there a way I can get out of of walking on stage tomorrow? And I knew I couldn't do that, right? I had a hotel contract, all these people would come in. So then my thought shifted to, 
okay, maybe this should just be the last thing that I do. Maybe I do this event and it's my swan song. I don't, I don't tell anybody that, but I do that and I essentially retire from entrepreneurship. And I let that idea really simmer for a good long while, you know, because it was hard and nothing that I was doing was working anymore. And all the stuff that, that used to work and all the things that seemed so easy, they're now really, really, really hard. And it, it doesn't work. So I remember sitting there thinking, what is working? Because I think a lot of people, they talk about how you got to hit rock bottom. You know, I think the benefit to hitting rock bottom is it forces you to establish a zero cost basis on your life. It forces you to deal with, okay, what are the only things that matter? Well, in business, rock bottom is bankruptcy. In business, when you go bankrupt, what happens is people with any claim whatsoever to your business, they come around and they decide what's valuable. You know, your stuff, your assets, it gets auctioned off. And what's amazing, and I've seen this happen to a number of businesses, the stuff that the owners thought was valuable, nobody else saw any value in. And that happens sometimes. We're so close to things, the projects that we're working on, the things that mean the most. Ultimately, those are the things that when we strip it all away, we go, God dang it, what a colossal waste of time. So I was already sitting there pondering this idea that I'm going to quit. I'm going to give up. I'm going to have to file bankruptcy. I remember thinking, all right, so if I file bankruptcy, what do I have here that people would actually want? What am I doing that's actually valuable? I think that in and of itself, like that question, that may call it like the rock bottom question. If you can ask that question before you hit rock bottom, that's better. If you can ask the question before you hit rock bottom, then, then you have the, the ability to benefit from it before things get really, really bad. But I mean, you should ask this about, not just about your business, ask it about certain relationships. If I were moving to a new city, if I had a job that transferred me across the country, who are the people that I would still keep in touch with or who are the people that I'd be glad to get rid of? If you'd be glad to get rid of them, maybe get rid of them now from your life. It's a good question. If you're an employer, it's a good question to ask of your team. If we were to lose everything tomorrow, who would I want to hire back for the next thing? That's a rock bottom question, right? So how can you ask these, these rock bottom questions? Because oftentimes that's where you're going to see the things that are really worth keeping. So when I was sitting there at the Hilton Anatole in Dallas, Texas, I asked myself that question. Okay, well, if this whole thing is going to go bankrupt anyway, what's the only stuff that has any value that I might be able to sell that I might be able to do? And I thought, okay, I've got, I've got some products. I've got some email lists, some subscribers. Those are really, really valuable. And I remember thinking, what else do I have? Like, what else do I do that actually works? What's something that we do that works? Because again, it can be really easy when you're in those bad moments to think that nothing you do works, to think that you're a total failure, you know, an abject, just loser. But if you had any success in the past, even through just dumb luck, you did something that worked, right? So it's worth asking yourself, what did I do that worked? And I remember thinking, we're pretty good at getting customers. I hadn't accumulated a quarter million dollars in debt because I had spent money and gotten nothing out of it. You know, I'd accumulated a quarter million dollars in debt because I had spent more money than I should figuring out what would work. So I remember sitting there thinking, all right, so what does work? Sometime before I had a conversation with a buddy of mine and uh, he got some advice one time from a billionaire. This billionaire told him, you know, if you can't describe your business, if you can't describe the value that you bring, the process that you bring to the table, if you can't describe how your business works, how your business gets customers, the value that your business delivers, if you can't describe that on a napkin, then it's too complicated, right? And I remember my buddy telling me this story from this conversation they had with the guy, and I had at that moment, 
Okay, what is it that we do, right? What do we do that works? And, I, and I'm going to challenge myself in my semi-drunken, stressed out, frustrated, sad, pathetic state. I'm going to answer that charge. I'm going to describe how my business works on a napkin. And thankfully, I'm sitting at a bar. Cocktail napkins are all over the place. I remember reaching forward, grabbing a cocktail napkin. It said Hilton Anatole on it. And I flipped it over to the side that didn't have anything on it. And I asked the bartender if he had a pen that I could borrow. And I proceeded to draw a flow chart for how somebody goes from being a visitor to a buyer. They're going to first come in here. I'm going to give them something away for free to get their email address. If they opt in here, I'm going to then sell them something that's less expensive. And if they buy that, then I'm going to go ahead and offer them something over here that's more expensive. If they don't, I'm going to put them in this follow-up series. that will hopefully eventually get them to buy that. And at the end of the day, anybody who buys this, I'm going to follow up via the phone to get them to maybe invest in something else. Right? I literally just wrote out this simple little flow chart on a napkin. And I remember sitting there thinking, that's it. This is it. The reason that I got myself in trouble is because I added things to this process. I made it more difficult and more complicated than it needed to be. And I went to bed that night. I mean, I took, I remember grabbing that napkin. I folded it up. I put it in my pocket. And I said, this may be the secret. This may very well be the key. So I, I remember taking it out of my pocket and putting it on the nightstand next to my bed and going to bed for the first time in months happy. Because I just remember thinking, like, I think this, if, if I just do this, if I roll this out across every single business, it'll be simple. And it works. This always works. I just need to do this. That year was the first year that we generated a million dollars in revenue. I dug out of that debt and built a business that was very, very, very profitable and very successful. And to this day, I've always referred to that napkin as my million dollar napkin. If, you know, if you come to the office, you know, I've got that stupid little napkin that still has Hilton Anatole in the back in a frame. Because that is it. This process, this documented process for transforming strangers into customers, that was the first thing where I said, okay, this is now an asset that I can take into any business and any venture that I would go into. So for all of your perpetual traffic listeners who've been listening to this show for 270 plus episodes, you probably didn't know the origination story of how Ryan actually created this great thing here. And uh, Digital Marketer is obviously a huge authority in the space. And it all started from simplifying. And I think we can all take lessons from that as just getting some clarity and figuring out what you really want to do. And it should all fit into the size of a small cocktail napkin. So there is a point to all this, though, Aaron, because, I mean, you're, you guys are launching something along the lines of the napkin. Tell the listeners a little bit more about what you guys have going on. Thank you, Ralph. Um, we are really excited to be launching our napkin challenge, and it actually starts next week on Wednesday, September 23rd, 2020. And the idea of the napkin challenge is for any business who feels like their sales have stalled or their product isn't launching like it should, or maybe you're living on a beach and you don't have any direction for your life whatsoever. We put together this five-day challenge that walks you through how to simplify and how to build your funnel so that it actually can start converting. And the cool thing about it is, is Ryan has decided to discount this challenge. It was $295 and he's discounting it to $10. So... 10 bucks, you can get your napkin, you can go through all of this coursework, like five days, learning all sorts of things like how to, to build a funnel, how to create a funnel that converts in cold traffic. There's Q&A calls, there's live sessions with Ryan where you can actually ask him questions, and then how to build your 90-day growth plan. So it's really cool. It's $10. I mean, seems to me like it's worth 
way more than that. So $10 to get access to Ryan Dice. That's uh, I know, right? That's a pretty good deal. So where can people go to get a little bit more about the, the challenge? They can go to digitalmarketer.com slash offers and we'll have a link there where they can join and sign up and learn more about it. So that's digitalmarketer.com forward slash offers. That's forward slash O-F-F-E-R-S. And check it out. $10 to get Ryan Dice. Are you kidding me? Crazy, crazy offer here. So thanks, Aaron, for coming on and uh, talking about this because a simplification in business, people try to complicate things. I was about to say complexify things because we typically just make up words on the show. So feel free to make up your own words if you like. It's always the most fun. <laughs> Absolutely. So, but really simplifying things down. And I think this is going to help people uh, do exactly that. So head on over to digitalmarketer.com forward slash offers. That's forward slash O-F-F-E-R-S. And check it out. $10 to get Ryan Dice. This has been great. Uh, And until next week, we'll see you. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic. For more information and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you.